Steven, are you there? I'm here, James. I am so excited because we've been doing this in this studio like this just by ourselves. But now we're going to do a live question of the day podcast at the Bell House in Brooklyn on January 14th at 7 p.m. You sound excited. I am very excited because you and I... I feel like your heart is racing. I know. I don't know. Maybe I want to be social. I want to meet the people who are listening to this podcast. I think they want to meet you too. So January 14th, 7 p.m., and check it out. Buy tickets. Do you buy tickets for this? Or I think you do. I think there are tickets that you buy with cash money. So thebellhouseny.com. We also have a special guest who will be a moderator. I didn't we'll know also, that. Yeah, Nagin Farsad, the oh, comedian. Oh, she'll be a moderator too? Well, I think she'll moderate since we need a lot of moderation, especially <laughs> in a live setting. You don't want to let the people get too close to us. Well, and also we have usually break out into physical fights at least once. We do. Per... We usually fight other people. We don't fight each other too much. Well, I usually throw the glass at Nathan. So this is my glass of water. <laughs> Come to Brooklyn on, what's the day? Thursday, January 14th exactly. at 7 p.m. Don't screw it up, Stephen. TheBellHouseNY.com for tickets. Thanks. James, I have a question for you today, which is, and this is something Highly that personal. a lot of people are thinking about, about right me? about now. No, they're not thinking about you. I'm sure they are. Sure, a lot of people be. are thinking about you. Some of them might my be. My mommy. So your mom might be. Here's a question. What is a good New Year's resolution to make? You know, I'm in the camp of those people who I don't think there is such a thing as a good New Year's resolution. And I think that's sort of common sense is that every day I want to eat well, move well, sleep well. I want to spend time with friends. I want to be creative and I want to you be You want to beat me at backgammon. I want to beat you at backgammon. That's 17 times a day. And I want to just be grateful for... I, I pray that every day I can be grateful for what I have because sometimes I'm not grateful for it and it's a really painful feeling. So I'm not going to say, okay, I need to lose 15 pounds because that's a that's a subcategory of these things that I want to do every day anyway and I don't need to kind of re-up my promise on New Year's Day. Okay, that's fair enough. Now, I will tell you this though, most people disagree with you, right? Most people make New Year's resolutions. No, we don't know the real. What, what's like a, other than weight? What's a common New Year's resolution? I'm going to write a, um, a book. They're mostly things. So first of all, I should say the data on this are pretty murky because you know we can't peer into everybody's minds and people don't have a, a New Year's resolution registry. But when there is research on it, it turns out that a lot of people make it, and most of them are about uh, to be very broad about it. Um, starting uh, doing more of a thing that's good for us and doing less of a thing that's bad for us. So. There are some who have like goal-oriented ones, but it tends to be more like human behavior, like doing the thing that we want to be doing but aren't or that we are doing but shouldn't be, right? So quitting smoking, losing weight, blah, 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 eating more healthy and so on. They tend to be prohibitions. But like take something like quitting smoking. Sure. So habit-breaking or habit-forming doesn't ever seem to really have anything to do with a date, you know, that— I would argue that even though you're mostly right, that even though you're mostly right, you're also I would argue a little bit wrong. So let me tell you. All right. So tell me the data. Well, here's what we know. There's a very interesting young researcher, not an economist, but a researcher who trained in computer science, operates something more on the engineering-ish side. Um, What's his name? Maybe I'll know him. Her name is Katie Milkman, Catherine Milkman. She's at Penn. and um, I have no idea. And so she's done some work that I like on what's called temptation bundling, 
which I'm not going to talk about right now. If you want to know more about that, you can look up Freakonomics Temptation Bundling. Actually, I think it's a fascinating topic, but maybe for another podcast. Maybe for another podcast. But she's also done some work on what's called the fresh start effect. Now, she did not make up the fresh start effect. It's been talked about in forever. But what she did is she said, you know, the fact is that a lot of people do make these resolutions. And New Year's has kind of culturally, in our culture at least, become the start point at which to do it. And it turns out that almost all of us are pretty good at doing a little bit better for a little while. Okay? So you say, well... Okay, okay, newsflash. People go to the gym in January and stop in February. Right, so by the so, way, the business model so that's of gyms obvious. is awesome because <laughs> right. what other kind of store can you get people to pay you for a whole bunch in advance and then not take the stuff that they paid you for. So gyms work beautifully. So, so let's abstract that, like encourage people for a price that this will break X habit or help you form X habit, and you're always going to make money on the extra money that people don't take advantage of. But okay, right. what, what all, all, my only point is what she's saying is not is kind of the obvious that everyone, that the whole mob business model of gyms, for instance, is built on. But, but we could also argue that if the business model of gyms is successful because I can sell a thousand memberships or memberships to a thousand people, and then within three months, only 400 are actually going to be using my services. In other words, literally people come and pay me for this product that they then don't want. So that's a good model for me because then I can over, I can sell a lot more and my gym won't get so crowded. But it's obviously not good for anybody that wanted to go to the gym. So it turns out that in, indeed, and there is good research on this, which is that um, we oversubscribe to the gym a lot. We have all kinds of overconfidence in how much we'll use it. There are some nice wrinkles. There are some gyms that try to experiment where they will charge you extra if you don't go, for instance. You know, there are all, all kinds of ways to trick yourself or to use what are called commitment devices to get yourself to do the behavior that you want to do but that you have a hard time doing. But the bigger notion that she discovered by looking not only at stuff like gym memberships but, you know, Google searches around the new year is that, almost all of us respond pretty well to a fresh start. So the problem is, is that we can't sustain it. Now, there are some behaviors that you can say, well, you know what? Even if you can only do it for a little bit, it's worth doing, right? Or like, if you're trying to get people to, let's say, have an annual colonoscopy, if you can just get them to, or a flu shot, right? If you can get them to do it just once, then it could have it could have some good benefit. We did a, a, a program on using... Um, CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy to prevent crime and school dropout among teenagers. And it turned out that it was really effective, but it wore off. But the researcher who ran it said to me something that I, I found really inspiring and important, which is, you know what? Of course you wish that this intervention could be permanent, but A, it's not, and B, isn't an intervention that works for a while in an arena like crime still really good? If you take a bunch of teenagers and you stop them from doing crime for six months, pretty soon people age out of crime, literally, with, with most crime. It's mostly committed by young men. So this whole idea that we're married only to interventions that might last forever is kind of, I think, an immature view of things. So Katie Milkman's idea about the fresh start effect is that can you build into your life some mechanism so that you're constantly hitting refresh again? James and I will have more to say about this in a minute, but first, we have to hear a quick word from our sponsor, Do Not Go Away. 
Building a website can be tough, and even if you do know your way around coding, creating something that looks good and works well is a time-consuming affair. Whether it's for a business site, portfolio, a restaurant, whatever else, in this day and age, you probably need one anyway. Well, lucky for us, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Squarespace provides simple, powerful, and beautiful websites that look professionally designed regardless of skill level, no coding required. Not only does Squarespace provide you with intuitive and easy-to-use tools to create your website with, Squarespace also has state-of-the-art technology powering your site to ensure security and stability. And you know you can trust in Squarespace for your website needs when millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world trust in them too. Seriously, you can't beat the ease and simplicity of Squarespace. Squarespace gives you 24-7 online support and a beautiful website. So, What are you waiting for? Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code QUESTION to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for Question of the Day. We thank Squarespace for their support of Question of the Day. Squarespace, build it beautiful. So maybe you can have a list of 15 habits or things you want to do and just kind of rotate through them Beautiful. as you get one tired of one. Exactly. And, and then, you know, it's interesting you use the word habit because as we've talked about before a little bit on this show, you know, habit formation is really, I mean, ne- it's right next door to addiction and good for good habits right. or bad habits. So I think the answer to what's a good New Year's resolution to make, I think the short answer is something that you'll actually have at least a chance of being successful at. And that has to do with being self-aware. Like if I say I'm 80 pounds overweight, my New Year's resolution is to lose 80 pounds. Just look at the math. It takes a long time to put on 80 pounds. And And it's a lot of fun. It's going to take a long time to take it off. And it's going to be a lot less fun. It's not a realistic goal. But, you know, that reminds me of... And we've maybe talked about this before. That reminds me of the the B.J. Fogg. He's the professor from Stanford who says, if you want to develop the habit of flossing, day one, just floss one tooth. Do that for a week or two weeks or whatever. Then start flossing two teeth, then three, and so on. So it's, again, it's sort of like each, each new tooth is a fresh start, right? And... Uh, you start off small and you break it you break it down into chunks of habits. Yeah. I wonder if also part of that is that you then get accustomed to succeeding and not failing. Because I yeah. think I think that's what's most dispiriting for most people. They make a New Year's resolution. You know, I'm gonna not eat dessert this year more than once a week. And then you do it for the first four weeks. And then oh my, the fifth week. Oh my God! Can I tell you? So I you was can tell gonna, me anything because no one's listening to this conversation. No, we're just—it's uh, just between us. Don't tell anybody. So I was doing the, um, you know, Tim Ferriss in the Four Hour Body recommends um, doing a version of like the Paleo diet, but uh, you know, no carbs. But then on one day is cheat day, and that's so Saturday you can eat carbs. It's got to be Saturday. Um, or you he pick re- your cheat? he recommends Saturday, okay. so it doesn't matter. Um, so. All week long, I would look forward to Saturday. Then Saturday, I would go to the farmer's market. I'd buy. They the, don't sell carbs at the farmer's market. No, they would sell like this challah bread. Oh. And I would buy it, and I would just like rip it apart like all day long. I would eat a whole loaf of bread, and I would just feel sick in the morning. Like, oh my God, what did I do? Anyway. So is that the point? Is that you give yourself a binge day, then you binge, and you get grossed out, then it makes you never want it again? It, it just, well, this is a point to this fresh start thing. If you kind of give yourself an out... You might abuse the out. Mm, right. So, you know, 
in this research, Katie Milkman found, and this is still ongoing, that you know if you search, if you try to figure out what different people, how people adjust their behaviors, they love to adjust their behaviors around a term-based event. So, like you know, think about it when you're in school. Like I didn't love school. In fact, I hated school. But every year at the beginning of school, I'd get the new notebooks and the new pens. I'm like, I'm going to be organized. I'm going to be together. I'm going to be into like it. A, uh, did you have to put a paper bag like around their books? I did books? have to do the like paper bag. I got pretty good at the paper bag part. I wasn't so good at the book, the other part of actually reading the books, but I was good at the paper bag cover. Yeah. But like the beginning of school year, the beginning of a job, a new job, you move into a new house, you move into a new neighborhood, you get a new relationship, and there's this devotion to vigilance and a devotion to doing well and so on that we inevitably lose. But if you can find a way to trick yourself or nudge yourself or commit yourself to building a bunch of little fresh starts into your life in the arenas that you want to succeed at and don't make them too big and make them achievable, you can harness the good part of the fresh start effect without succumbing to the bad part, which is knowing that these gigantic long-term goals are harder to achieve than you'll think. I, I think part of that is, and this is going to be a little more psychological and scientific, part of that is this, if you start a fire, eventually the fire is going to burn out. But if you keep putting wood onto the fire... Eventually, the fire gets warmer and warmer and hotter and hotter and bigger and bigger. Were so you I, a pyro as a kid? I'm just curious. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Okay. So, but like thinking thinking about a relationship, I don't think you could sort of get into the relationship, have this like burst of passion and, and fire, and then expect it to last forever. But you can kind of everyday practice being grateful. It's not a fresh start, obviously, but you can practice being grateful for it, for doing more things for the relationship, for the other person. And it's more like then putting more and more Kindle onto the fire to get it warmer and warmer as opposed to that initial burst of flame. So it's just my horrible advice. I'm not necessarily an expert, but, uh, you know, just for any for any kind of habit or habit formation. It's not necessarily a fresh start, but figuring out ways even on the same habit to be grateful for it in different ways can help put that wood on the fire. I disagree with you in that I don't think that was horrible advice at all. After this word, hear what we have next week for you on Question of the Day. This episode was brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code QUESTION at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Join us next time on Question of the Day, which will sound something like this. Having lunch with this old boss of mine today did make me want to ask a question of you. Tell me. A question of the day, which is tell me one quick story uh, about the best boss you ever had. The best boss... I didn't realize that wasn't formed as a question. No, no, no. James, would you please tell me one quick story about the best boss you ever had? He was the best boss and the worst boss, but I'll tell you why he was the best boss. Question of the Day is produced and mixed by Nathan Rossborough with Allison Hockenberry. 